You're listening to the Alex Wolf Podcast. Interesting conversations about innovation, economics, culture, and history for the independent thinkers and curious minds. I'm your host, Alex Wolf. Hi, thank you for tuning in. So this week I wanted to talk about our nature as individuals um, and basically asking this question, what is your nature, right? Like, do, do you even know what it is? And just to be clear, when I'm asking or using the word nature, what I mean is not just kind of what comes natural to you, but also if, you know, the way I like to see it is thinking about it on sort of a molecular level, right? They say that we are made from stardust. So that means that, you know, what we, what we are made of was at one point a part of another part of the earth. It may, it may have been part of some rocks, maybe it had been in water, maybe it had been in fire. Um, and, you know, a lot of ancient traditions have used this idea about, you know, the molecular makeup of elements and their behaviors in um, and, and how those properties of those elements express themselves in who we are, right, as, as people, that we as human beings can be just as expressive in those properties that the elements have um, and that those properties don't stop expressing themselves in what we think of as inanimate or, or inanimate or, um, you know, kind of like non-alive things. Like we don't really think of water or earth or fire as alive. But again, these ancient, ancient traditions would see how the properties and personalities kind of of these elements did not stop at those elements, but they are in us somehow, some way through like whatever transformation happens with that stardust if that makes sense. That's like a super summarized way. I, I mean, there's plenty of different traditions who have different types of astronomies and, you know, stuff like that. But that's like a summer summarization of it. <laughs> and I think it can be really helpful in the context of not just philosophy, but um, tech philosophy as well. And I'll explain a little bit more about that as I go on. But yeah, I mean, if you're asking yourself, you know, like, why should I care about my nature or like, what's that really going to do for me? I would say I think the answer is, first of all, you just have a deeper relationship with yourself. You can see how the properties of certain um, elements express themselves in you. And that can be a very rewarding experience. Not even rewarding is not the best word, actually. It's more... um intimate right it's 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 like you feel this deep bond not just with yourself but with the world um and so that's the first reason why you might care I think with that knowledge you'll also feel better prepared and confident in setting up wholesome and harmonious environments for yourself and even others because basically becoming sensitive to what your nature is um helps you obviously become sensitive to others and that can be very, very useful knowledge um, to have when you're a human being, <laughs> when you have to deal with other people or when you, you know, are trying to 
rejuvenate or restore yourself. Um, and I think I already touched on, on this one, but lastly, another reason why you might find this to be useful is that it will help you respect other people's nature. I think most of the time when people drive us crazy, it's because, um, well, first of all, it might be because of lack of boundaries, but if the boundaries are involved <laughs> and you're still going crazy and just the that person just irritates the crap out of you still from afar, it's most likely because they have a very different nature that's incompatible with yours. And seeing it as just their nature and not like they're wrong or they're supposed to be another way, you actually start to see the beauty in the fact that they're so different from you and you can appreciate that that's just their nature. So those are some reasons why you might care about this topic. And um, like I said, I think that this is a macro kind of perspective that can be helpful in all different realms on an individual scale, on um, a business scale, on an engineering inventing scale. So I first want to start with when this idea started to become familiar to me, which is when I was, you know, and still study Zen a lot, and it, not study, I just, I don't know, practice, read about it, um, and not just Zen, but Taoism as well, and long story short, there's a term called Li, it's an ancient Chinese word, and it means the natural grain in things, Li is the name of the word, it means the natural grain in things, I love that definition, I can just say that definition and it calms my body down because basically um, when we're talking about anything in the world, it has a natural pattern to it. The grain isn't necessarily meant to mean a literal like grain like wheat or something like that. It's meant to mean the texture or the pattern, the natural texture pattern that something has um, and a common phrase used to describe this is the fiber in muscle and the markings in jade. So when you think about muscle, it has its own texture. It has its own, you know, when you think about the fiber, it's kind of like those lines and nothing is super symmetrical, but you can tell it's natural, right? Um, and again, with the markings in jade, uh, Jade tends to have these like beautiful, deeper green kind of fingerprints, right, within and throughout the jade. And that is an example of Li. So basically, in the ancient Chinese philosophy, and, and Taoism is all about letting um, the natural intelligence kind of be intelligent on its own and, and not interfering with the human ego intelligence. And part of how you do that is being able to identify the lee in things, the natural grain in things. And if, again, when we're dealing ancient tra with ancient traditions who, you know, use systems like astrology and stuff to try to rationalize, you know, what gives us the personalities they give us, um, it, it's basically... You know, for me, what always stuck out uh, with astrology was um, the, the elemental part. So less about like the, the signs, but more about, again, this idea that 
Um, some people have the properties of natural elements and you and basically this idea that the properties of natural elements don't stop in their kind of um, supposed inanimateness. So we think of rocks and fire and water as like not alive. But that's, you know, that's that's a point of view, right? You, uh, uh, the point I'm making is that there is a idea where the properties of those elements don't stop expressing those properties just as rocks, but they can be expressed through the human um, person, <laughs> right? And again, this idea that we're all made from stardust, I don't know where my stardust was before it was, it was me, you know, it could have been a bunch of other stuff. And so these were the kind of systems they used to better understand what is the nature of things? What is the nature of this person? Um, what is the nature of our community? What is the nature of, you know, my partner? And that through understanding this, we can know not to um, give them something that would go against their nature or to, to, to create systems that work with their nature. So I think that it, it goes without saying that we live in a culture right now that is kind of um, a a natural, I just made that up. A natural, you know, putting the prefix a in front of the natural. I, I, and and I say that, you know, I, I guess you can make the argument that we're more organic now and we're more focused on eating organic foods and and trying to incorporate more slow economics, which is true. But I think you know, on, on the full spectrum of things, I don't think that's enough. I think for the most part. Even if you do eat natural food, it doesn't mean that you know your nature <laughs> or you know the nature of like the things around you. I think it can um, be like a false um, virtue, you know. So um, I say all this to say that obviously if we look around us, all of everything around us is, you know, it has some kind of molecular form. It, it has some kind of molecular personality and just again, this idea that that personality doesn't stop with just the things around you. It could be within yourself as well. And you can see the personality through the Lee. And the Lee can be the physical texture, the physical appearance, but it could also be the speed in which it moves relative to your eyes. So like right now I'm looking out my window and the snow is falling and <laughs> it looks um, it, like when I'm looking for the Lee and things before earlier, it was um, falling down really slowly and lightly. And now it kind of is like it's really, really snowing. So the point is that speed matters. Right. Um, and that's something that can be expressed in a personality as well of a human being. There are so many metaphors, basically, for what we are, whether it's you or someone you know, you can find the metaphor of that person in the elements, in the Lee of other things. And what's so helpful about that is it really helps you see that we're all connected, which is, which is crucial when we're trying to have more meaningful lives and it's crucial when we're trying to invent more meaningful technology because I say, I'm saying all of this because basically I believe something has gone really wrong when 
there is a mountain and the builder wants to cut the mountain down or kind of like flatten that mountain to put a house on it. That is not identifying the lee of that mountain. That mountain <laughs> is a mountain. It's not a flat piece of land. There is flat pieces of land, you know, flat enough to build a house. So the idea that the human who cannot identify the lee and other things will go out of their way to over manipulate the lee and things for their agenda or for what they believe to be correct, I I think that that is what is at the root of a lot of our issues with our technology and our um, society being this kind of like depressing, sad place. <laughs> There's a lot of over manipulation. I think one of my favorite places to see it is in hair. Um, you know, as a person with curly hair, you know, you just, just this idea of, of like straightening your hair. And I'm not saying like you're bad for straightening your hair. I've straightened my hair many times. I'm saying that like, it's the, it's such a apparent example of over manipulating the Lee in something to get what you want and how it might look good the first time, but we all know what happens if you, you know, over manipulate over and over again, it just kind of breaks. It just leaves it's like I'm not doing this like this was not what I was supposed to do I did not you know appear at in reality for this over manipulation of um of my of my pattern literally and so that's happening all over the place it's not just with our hair it's happening with um like I said the mountains and the rainforest and all, all the poor animals that God knows where they're going but it's also happening with us as humans you know over manipulating our lee to better fit in with I don't know expectations um status um perception and it's going to work just like it works with straightening hair where, yeah, that first few times you look like, oh, you really figured it out. But after a while, it will just disappear and, and just you don't even know what, what just you don't even know what the hell happened. So um, that's why I, I wanted to bring this question to the forefront, because we actually get more harmonious results when we identify the lee in things. And so I had a quote that I posted a while back. I don't think anyone understood it because sometimes I get a little abstract, but I was basically saying like, sometimes a sculptor will smash a marble uh, on the floor, a piece of marble on the floor to see what it wants to become. And that's another way of saying they smash it to see its lee. So there are sculptors who do this. They Before they say, oh, I'm going to make you whatever I want to make you, they kind of like, they kind of give it an opportunity to show them, this is what I want to be made into. And that is, I think, one of the healthiest starting points we can be at when it comes to making anything, specifically technology, but really anything, right? What does this want to be? Before I go in and I, you know, smash the, you know, the mountain down and I say, this is what I want. I saw it in a magazine and I'm going to put it here because that mountain literally came out of 
what you would what I would call like natural intelligence like you don't know like it came out of the earth you didn't make the mountain something that like you can't make that mountain right something that that uh, um can make the mountain did so who do you think you are coming in and imposing your will on something that you don't even have the capacity to make yourself like don't you think that's gonna maybe not end so great like (laughs) you know like yeah the house might um you might be able to get the house on there but there was that like disaster multiple disasters in california because this is where most of that happens and there's like mudslides and your house will literally fall apart i'm telling you like it will just disappear just like your hair it's like you don't even see it break it just it just to to your eyes it just disappears so we have to be very careful with over manipulation and we have to see the short sightedness of over manipulation because we're living in it like we're living in now some of that um that breakage, I guess you could say, that like stuff kind of falling apart and you're like, wait, 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 y'all didn't tell me y'all built this society on a, on a mudslide, like liable piece of land. (laughs) And it's like tumble, tumble, tumble. And you know, I, you know, if you look at history, civilizations rise and fall all the time. So, but, um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't even say, I think that this is, this civilization is falling. I just think that, it's very clearly showing us the importance of working with nature instead of against it and how there might be, we might be better off to, um, to start to recognize the Lee in things. And so, yeah, I think specifically the, the Lee of ourselves is a great place to start. And again, that might be your physical look like you know you might have I think again hair is such a great example because it has a pattern so you know you might have a piece of hair that never wants to like obey you (laughs) and maybe it's time to like you know make friends with that and say hey like what's up like you obviously are coming out of me so like what do you have to say (laughs) like what do you need let I want to get to know you. I haven't really gotten the chance, you know, to to get to know you. And that could be with your body overall. That could be, you know, I think it's just such a more meaningful way to interact with everything around you instead of being like, oh, like, oh, I don't I don't like how this looks. I don't like how, you know, this thing acts. Let me just because again, when we are talking about on a personality level, hold on, let me drink my tea. When we're talking about on a personality level, um, the worst thing you can do, right? Let's say, let's zoom out of the hair for a second. Now we're dealing with two people. You got one person who is just as stubborn as that piece of hair. And you just, ugh, if they could just, ugh, you know, if they could just do what you needed them to do. If they could just, ugh, change the way they blah 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 insert you know annoying thing here you would be happier well what if that's the way that grain grows you know what I mean what if that's just the way that grain pokes out um once you see it that way and this is very helpful with family members because most like if you're not family you can kind of you know be like bye but when it comes to your family members it's the same thing again this idea this came out of you or you came out of this 
So like as much as as much as you might feel like there's no way, we, <laughs> there's no way that, you know, that we are somehow connected. Well, you somehow are on this molecular level that I'm talking about. So it could be that this person grew that way and that you grew this way. And then that's the beauty. That's the, that's that like juice of like, wow, wow, earth, look what you can do. I, I never, I would never think to make a person like that. Interessante, you know what I mean? Like, okay, look what you can do. Um, and this kind of ties into the episode I had about um, accepting good with bad. Because sometimes what we think is bad is just a very different nature. It's just a nature that we just don't care for or understand or care to understand. And instead of trying to eradicate it off of the planet, identifying it and saying the planet made it somehow through some mixture of stardust and whatever the hell else goes on with these elements. Um, and so it's honestly, I think it's very fun because again, you, once you start to have this perspective, you, um, you can have a whole lesson with one little tiny experience with any, like any element. So again, like maybe you're going through something and then it's snowing and then the speed of the snow or the way the snow collects or how the snow hardens once it ices, you know, once a few days come by, like that might be metaphorical to something it might have a property, properties that you have to deal with in others or a cer certain situation. Like you start to see how like, oh, like everything's kind of, they're right. Like everything's kind of connected. You know what I mean? Um, and that I don't control how things interact. They, they, there's a nature in things that is more in control of the interaction. So here's something I think is really interesting. Okay. So I talk a lot about women's mysteries and I also talk a lot about masculinity and I find that um, when I speak of women's mysteries, I'm talking about the traditions um, that were kind of passed along over time that women felt were important to preserve, so certain wisdom. Um, and it could be things like, you know, you know, never yawn with your mouth open, or um, that's one of my nana used to tell me, never yawn with your mouth open because a, a fly might come in. Um, <laughs> or um, it could be something like that, but it could also be um, something deeper, right? But the point is that they're just little sayings that get passed down, and the next thing you know, you're telling your little sister it, or your, you know, whatever. And what I've realized over time is how much women's mysteries have to deal with the interconnectedness of all the elements. So when we speak about cooking, which I know men cook, like, duh, but I'm just saying, like, ancient, like, preservation of certain, like, techniques of cooking, a lot of them um, came from women. And, um, you know, cooking could not be more of an elemental relationship-based experience right like knowing when to add water knowing when to turn up the heat knowing when to add oil what oil to add like everything 
you have to be sensitive to how even the things you can't see, how the water is evaporating, how that might interact with the taste and the texture. Like that is literally all Lee. It's using all of the elements of other things and the properties of other things and together making food. Um, and so I actually have a homemaking book and it's kind of intense because <laughs> it's like talking about preserving lemons and ways to wash out certain stains and but they're like old tricks they're not like new tricks they're like shit women have been doing for god knows how long and at the end of the book i'm like well like we've been masters in chemistry for 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 centuries because i didn't even know half you know like i we think that people from the past didn't know like the scientific relationships between things but Depending on what grandma you ask, she'll know exactly what, how lemon juice might affect, you know, a certain fabric and to make sure you wrap certain things a certain way. So dyes, uh, you know, uh, color dyes don't go from one fabric to the next. And it's just so intricate. It's so intricate. And it's the same thing with hair where, you know, every, every second your hair is interacting with the environment. I spoke about that because I've been I've been like learning about this stuff and I'm like, <gasps> like everything's always interacting with everything. And and there's a whole art to using this the properties of things and not over manipulating them, but just kind of like, okay, the lee of this is this. So we're gonna use that to power this, or we're gonna, you know, and it's just so beautiful to me. It, it really, it, it leaves me speechless because it's so intuitive and it shows how intimate of a relationship we used to have with um, nature. There's another thing I watched on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. Oh my God. I had, to, I watched it twice. So basically, I won't give it all away. I definitely highly recommend if this conversation is interesting to you. But basically, this guy, he was a content creator, for lack of better terms. He's like a you know film producer or something. And he ended up hating his life. And he ended up like not working. And he's like, I need to do something to not like work. So he ended up going to the ocean every day and he he was raised by the ocean and stuff like that but the reason why is because I guess like two decades earlier before he realized like he wanted to kind of change his life around he had went to some part of Africa and he watched these men who were trackers um you know kind of track their food um a tracker is basically someone who looks at the tracks in sand and dirt and stuff on the floor to figure out where all the animals are to 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 hunt and so he just was so like kind of like you know kind of like freaked out with how well these people knew everything about their environment they knew how even the most subtle parts of the sand being different what that meant for you know where the animal was or depending on like where the moon was, if it was waxing or waning. And like, <clears throat> it was clear to him, he says, that these people knew, you know, they knew the Lee basically in their environment and he clearly did not. And they show like a picture of him with this big fat camcorder and I just ate it all up because I'm like, yeah, 
because that big fat camcorder is a fruit of our philosophy. It's a fruit of how much we went in a different direction with what we believe the world to be. So yeah, he gets inspiration. He basically goes in this ocean and he builds this relationship down there that's like fucking intense. It's so crazy. It's so good. I definitely recommend it. Um, it was just so sweet and it's so mysterious and it's just, it's just revealing of how much more close we could feel with everything around us if we became sensitive, as I always say. Um, so anyway, I think another reason why, uh, another example I wanted to talk about with the Lee and things, one of my favorite examples is a ball. So I have posted before in the past about, you know, the general generality of like men loving sports. I know more than men love sports, but we're just going to talk about men loving sports. Right. And like, why is that? And I feel like one of the main reasons is because I see man as this very like almost like a web 1.0 version of human so it's like the first edition of human and it is um so the makeup is that his eyes are very very um dominating in his experience and we know that's true because men love looks right men love to look they are very very persuaded by visuals more than women um, and so that makes them kind of like a web 1.0 to me, not in a bad way. Like, I'm not trying to diss it. I'm just like, this is kind of how I see it. And not only do they have that very like first edition from the eyes and from the eye perspective, but also just like what captivates them. So men, um, generally speaking, I'm not going to keep saying that because it's been acknowledged, um, they tend to really love uh, high locomotion, which is like high speeds, so like fast cars, rocket ships, like things going boom in space. Like they just love things going really fast in space um, and, and, and can build a relationship with that speed at a very young age, like just very being into it. And, um, and again, that's a very like first edition example of like hu human. It's like, oh yeah, like you're into like <laughs> like you're into that like very obviously thrilling thing. Like women I think are a little bit 2.0. We're like we came out a little different. <laughs> you know, and I talked about how like we're we're curvier and we're cushier, like we have um it's not so simplistic clearly. Like we're not just like, oh, like shiny ball. I'm going to ra race after it and chase it. That's more of a man thing, and that's fine. Um, I, I think there's beauty to that. I think there's beauty to the simplistic, very organic first edition of species. It's like, wow, you're the first, wow, like example, right? And um, so I say all that to say with sports, and I've posted about sports before because I remember being in the park and – I'm just, I can't help but be an anthropologist. So I'll just watch a soccer game and start riffing off on like all the things I, I, <laughs> I'm seeing. And so 
just the idea that a bunch of guys are in the park for no reason, like just out of leisure, I mean, playing sports is a whole significance to me about human nature. Um, but, but this nature of the ball, like, let's really think about this. And, and Alan Watts has had um, some influence on how I decided this perspective because he talks about how pretty much, you know, in human civilization, all the lines are us. Like any time we see a line, it's us. Like the line is on the streets, the line's on the doors, the phone that you have is made up of, you know, it's a line, it's squares, everything. We put the grid on everything. Um, and how you're very rarely, very rarely will see something that can't just sit flat or something that doesn't have lines. Well, except for the ball. Like he was saying all that and, and I was looking around, I'm like, damn, he's right. Like everything, everything we made, you know, and I'm like, but the ball, what is this ball? And the ball <laughs> is a very intentional design. Oh my God, let's talk about it. Okay, so there's all different types, right? We have tennis balls, volleyballs, basketballs. I've been watching a lot of basketball, so that's, you know, we can focus on that. But they pretty much have the same property. They are filled with what? What? Air. Why are they filled with air? because they need the air to bounce, right? Why would we want to create something? Look around, we don't want anything bouncing. We, <laughs> we love our shit very like mm, stable, secure, uh, predictable. But the one thing, this ball, well, what does this ball offer? Unpredictability. This goes into my uh, episode I was talking about, I don't know if it was last week or the one before that, where I was talking about drama, right? And how there is this natural appetite for spontaneity. That the second you scratch it all out, oh God, meaning life just becomes bleh. You can have it. Because the last thing we want is everything to be predictable. We think that's what we want. But um, the truth is if, is if we did have complete predictability, we would not want to be alive. Because variety is spice of life, right? So when we're thinking about on a commerce level, um, how much ESPN and the whole sports industry has on the world, <laughs> not just economically, but literally um, the meaning it gives so many people. People can get depressed if they don't have their sports to watch. Um, just like, you know, again, I know I'm generalizing and I know that's going to maybe offend some people, but it is what it is. A lot of women like, you know, uh, soap operas and stuff like, you know, we need that drama. Like, I dare y'all to take um, Braxton Family Values off the air because I need that show. <laughs> right. It's the same thing with a lot of guys in their sports, people with their sports. So, wow, let's talk about this ball. So you mean to tell me just men just OK, they're in this park and they decided to bring this ball, and that's the only thing they're using. They might have had like some cones on the floor to like, you know, measure whatever. I think they were playing soccer. And what are they doing? They're just kicking the thing around. <laughs> they're just kicking it around. And, and, and the shape of this thing is literally, the design is intentionally meant to create spontaneity. Wow, well, you won't see that anywhere else. And, and the only thing you could say that's not a ball, uh, it's not spherical, and a ball is the football. 
Well, I don't know if you've ever played with football before, but those things are even less predictable. You know what I mean? When they land, they freaking pop all over the place like popcorn. So when I say man is kind of like that 1.0, he has this really organic kind of like, um, you know, just it's so pure, <laughs> that relationship with just him and this molecular I say molecular because, like, if you think about atoms and stuff like that and, and um, protons and stuff, they're shaped like that. They're spherical. Not only that, we're on a sphere. And we're, like, going in a circle. <laughs> so it's like, wow, look at this expression. Look at the, the ball as this expression, in my opinion, of the inherent spontaneity in the whole universe, Right. And, and he can quickly experience it just by boop, bouncing it and playing it with someone else. And then when you add technique into it, wow, you get sport. You get sport. And what could be more satisfying to the needs of that 1.0 version of the species than a very pure way to feel sport, to feel spontaneity, to feel drama. Right. In, in that simplistic way. It's not, a, it's not um, the same kind of like narrative drama. It's a more um, objective, uh, you know, kind of like firsthand. It's just like, oh, who knows where the ball goes? Who, how can we get the best people in the world who can use this ball to give us the highest drama we've ever seen in our life? How do we get the best players and make them play the best players. It would be nothing without the spherical shape of that ball. <clears throat> Isn't that fascinating? So the lee of the ball is bloop. You don't even know where it's going to go. That's the beauty. What's the one thing you don't want your kids playing within the house? <laughs> they could play with blocks. Go ahead, stack them up. The ball, uh-uh. No, take that outside. Hmm, that's interesting. Take that outside. Huh. huh, you know, uh, you talk about yin-yang, masculine, feminine energy. Masculine is all about the expansive, the yang, expansive, out, out, out. Women, internal, in, in, in. Men go out. They, reprodu they reproduce by going out. Women, we reproduce by taking in. Um... You know, and it's just, it's such a weird time because it's like a lot of people, they get super triggered by the homemaking thing. And it's like a lot of, I, I believe a lot of the lee of feminine energy is um, is kind of like healthily expressed in the home, right? Like obviously m m many women are nurturers, right? And that's in, right? In, out. Go outside with that ball. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And the last thing I'll say before I wrap up is um, there's a, uh, my show, Iyanla. I love Iyanla Vincent. She, I, I always say she's doing more important work than anyone, any of these tech people, okay? She is healing people's hearts. So she says, um, oh, here's one major theme you'll see in the show. She'll help these men heal their hearts with their, you know, mend their relationships with their fathers and um, um, <laughs> there's been more than one episode 
get this. There's been more than one episode where like, you know, you kind of, you hear about all the drama and you're like, okay, okay. And then they mend. And at the very end, she makes them play ball. I mean, I could cry. She gets a ball. Because usually what the, 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 the grown son will say is like, he was never there. He never played ball with me. <gasps> he never went to any of my sports games. <gasps> <laughs> From like this perspective, I'm always like, <gasps> you know, because I'm like, wow, he never played ball with me. I'm like, so you mean to tell me there's grown ass men out here who are emotionally unavailable because the dad didn't pass him a ball? And, and, and I'm not saying that in a demeaning way. That is some real shit. That is how much that experience can nourish a child. Passing the ball and then they're grown as hell in the backyard of this mansion that Iyanla rented for her show. Passing the damn ball. And they smiling. Oh, I'm so happy. Me and my dad get along. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this ball saves lives. <laughs> this structure, it offers this, this, uh, it has a lee that, that, that is very harmonious to our nature. But y'all want to build rocket ships, but y'all want to get microchips. <laughs> Go play with the ball. <laughs> like half of these tech boys, go call your dad and play with the ball. Sorry. Sorry, that's my advice. Call Yanla. Fix your life. Okay? Anyway, so hopefully this episode will help you um, get a little bit more in tune with what your nature is. What is your Lee? Are you a fiery person? Are you a watery person? There's tabs on tabs on tabs on the internet where you can find out. Um, I can't go into all of them specifically, but um, there's different schools of thoughts too. There's like Western astrology, there's Chinese. Even if you're not into astrology, I think it's just fun because you can see it. I'm, I'm telling you, like you can see like, oh wow, this person's like this. Um, and you can just appreciate, wow, you're a nice clump of stardust. And I think you got a little extra earth in you. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, and yeah, and, and just this idea of what is... What does this thing want to be? Before I go in and, and use all of, my, um, all of my thoughts and ideas, there might be a reality of this thing that it wants, it's telling me. I spoke about this. There's a drawer in my kitchen. I was trying to make it a silverware drawer after living here for a couple weeks. It wasn't the silverware drawer. I kept op opening another drawer <laughs> by accident because... That was the drawer that, um, that was the lee of that drawer. The lee of that drawer was like, no, I'm not silverware drawer. Like, I know you like the other drawer, Alex, but like, I'm actually in. I'm like, okay. You know, it will tell you. You, it's, when I say that we are in a, uh, we are co-creators with technology. We co-create each other. We create it, it creates us. We mutually arise. <laughs> Y'all are under this impression that, you, you make it come to life. No. When you do that, it's going to come to life back at you in a way that it might not have if you acknowledge that it already has a life. Yes, the properties of rocks and water and fire, you better believe it has a life. It has a personality. It has properties already. Are you willing to respect them? 
Y'all want to build a whole civilization and act like we control the weather? Like we can just do what we want all the time to this environment? No. We mutually arise. Very, very important under idea to understand. When we talk about chicken or the egg and that concept, it's Western ideology to think that one came before the other. What if they both arose at the same time? That they, again, they co-create each other. This technology is shaping you. It's creating you. It's created who you are. People have created it, you, and it has created you. It's never one way. There's nothing going one way here, okay? <laughs> Zoom out. Zoom in. Nothing is going one way, right? Everything has a nature, and the more sensitive you become to the nature of everything, the more you can have that you know, um, ability that it's alchemy. Well, okay, this has this property. So instead of disrespecting it or over manipulating it, I'm going to nourish those curls. I'm going to build a house on the mountain that doesn't interfere with the integrity of the mountain. That's the difference, y'all. I'm going to make an app that doesn't make one people want to kill themselves. I'm sorry. Because that's really, like, people really, like, yeah, why isn't anyone making, like, why isn't that the basis of how we're making, oh, well, I'm going to make that, we're going to get lots of users, and uh, we're worth a billion dollars. Okay. Okay. Keep straightening that hair, girl. All right. Thank you, y'all. We'll talk. Um, send me a message. Send me a tweet. Thank you. And stay blessed. Thank you for listening to the Alex Wolf Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And if you aren't already, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For more resources on innovation, economics, and culture, visit alexwolf.co slash newsletter and sign up for my email list. Thanks.